I, we're both fans of retreats. I recently went to Kauai for the third time with my wife and uh, with the intention of scouting out some activities to put together what I, I want to create in like the ultimate like martial arts adventure uh, meditation retreat. We, we do a thing that we call Tengu training and I wanted to do Tengu training in Kauai and I, I think the term Tengu Kauai sounds good and it'll look good on a t-shirt. But you just came from a retreat with your uh, manager group from Rise, right? Yeah, we just did a, a retreat ourselves. And like you said, we're we're both into self-improvement because I don't really want to live the rest of my life like I am now, so I'm going <laughs> to improve. But I went out to West Virginia, and we took nine of our managers and then my partners and I. Now, did you all stay in a... Um like a complex of cabins where we, people camping out or we what? stayed in one cabin that we all slept in so like one, one big cabin yeah one big cabin so, so did people have to share rooms with like different folks they did there was one room that was there were several people in it um there were some other private rooms for the females and people seniority got them in rooms and i slept on the couch because you know i just i took the low man pole that's what that's what leaders do man leaders eat last leaders leaders sleep on the couch <laughs> that's true yeah but we haven't quite decided what the the lodging situation is going to be. I did a retreat several years ago, and we stayed in a, a block of rooms, like a suite at a resort, and we had to room with people we didn't know. We had it was organized by the organizers. They put us in in places where we weren't with anybody that we knew, and so I got to know these people. We had to um, eat together. We had to get ready for bed together. We had to do all that stuff, and like, and then get up and do all the the work that we did during the trip, and. I think I'm going to set up something like that. Did you set up yours with that in mind? Yeah, there's there. This is the second one we've done. So the first one I did down at the coast, and we all stayed in the same house, and we had a shaman come in the first night. And the next day we did some meditation, tea, and some yoga, and some acupuncture, and we had a therapist come in, and we did some group sessions on trauma and happiness and stuff like that, and it was great. That's awesome. This time I wanted to take a step back and kind of chill a little bit. The company's been through a lot and we're getting ready to do some stuff, like I said on the last podcast. I wanted to chill out a little bit and not really make it as heavy. Yeah. So in this one we went and we did zip line, a little adventure thing one day, which was pretty cool because, you know, at the end of it, one of my people kind of almost like fell down, just collapsed out of just anxiety through going through it because it was a little bit scary did the other uh, team members help hold him up and help him yeah up? they were fine she was fine all the way to the end till last repel down and two people started and didn't finish like stopped and then the rest of us made it and that was great and we got back from that i led a uh, sweat lodge which is really cool that's awesome and I, I thought maybe maybe half the people would want to do it but everybody did it so it was cool and i did the whole sage ceremony before we went in and we sat in and we did one letting our ancestors in, and another phase was forgiveness ourself, and another phase was gratitude to ourselves. And it was really well received. It was the first time I've ever led one, but it's it's this like communal cleansing and connection thing. So you you can't help but feel connected when you do a sweat lodge with other people. I really want to do it more. You want to talk to you about building one out at the piece of land you got out at the. Um, range that we used to go to but we kind of do the opposite with the waterfalls instead of getting in and doing like the shared suffering of the sweat and that sort of stuff we get in and uh, submerge ourselves up to our necks and uh, these under these mountain waterfalls we found a few waterfalls in Kauai that we're going to go and kind of kind of a, a relief from what we typically do they were like really comfortable and nice and there's <laughs> butterflies and sunshine and all that stuff so well you have to have a little bit of both right yeah yeah you don't have to suffer all the time the uh piece of property that we have doing the sweat lodge sounds cool we could definitely get some groups together to do that but when you when you lead a sweat lodge like what 
what are you looking for as a sweat lodge leader? You know, I didn't really know I was going to lead it till really close to when we did it. And um, the guy who had the place wasn't able to do it last minute. For me, I, I remember I've, I've done it three times before. So this is my fourth. And I remember this, the big, they did four stages. And the big part was letting your ancestors in. So it's something you never really think about, right? Like we're only here because somebody was able to make us and make us and make us from the very beginning. Yeah, right? we all came from somewhere. Which is pretty amazing. It's pretty a miracle. And then I was like, the forgiveness is a big part of what I've gone through the last few years, like forgiving myself. And I think everybody could, if they take time out to do that, maybe I'll release some stress. And the now, other is, is there like a visualization in the sweat lodge of as you sweat out, whatever you're sweating out, you're, you're releasing the, the demons. I've had that yeah. before in this particular one. I wasn't cause I was concentrating on leading it, yep. but I've had that before where I've really visualized things. I really forgave myself when I was in rehab and one, and it was pretty amazing. Um, so, and I felt that some of the people did have that. I mean, they were, when they left, they were visually, some of them visually moved. Um, and then saying out loud what you have gratitude for yourself amongst other people in this situation at the end, I think it's really good too, because we don't, you you can't do it in a group of people without seeming like you're bragging about yourself yeah, yeah, or something. You, you're expected to be humble. All yeah. Time. And this one, it's really good to say, Hey, for me, it's my fortitude. I'm really grateful for my fortitude. So I think that it was a really cool experience. I think everybody really dug it more than they thought maybe they would. And it's sort of a done with the intent of connecting the group of managers or your team. It is because for me, it was like there's different stages of what I've been trying to do. One was to, you know, confess my sins, which basically the last episode on integrity was about. Next one was to kind of change my ways, which is what I've done with the menu, what I'm doing with the company. Next one was to reconnect my main people, reconnect with them. And the next one is to connect with my um, customers. And that's what I'll be doing soon. So you're, you're in the planning stage for years, right? Going out to Hawaii. And yeah, we've done local events a few times, but I, this one I want to take to like a bigger scale. So one of the things that we do is a, a lot of hiking. We spend a lot of time in nature. And on Kauai, there's a trail called the Kualau Trail, which is an 11-mile-long trail to this like, desolate beach right this secluded beach and uh you know I've, I've hiked 20 miles in days multiple times multiple days in a row so i didn't think that much of it as i went back and was preparing and looking at it i saw several things that cited it as the most dangerous trail in america and that sort of stuff so we're like well we already signed up and we've got our permit so we're going to do it so my wife on her first backpacking trip first time ever like not car camping and doing something you know throws her backpack on and we go out she wears these like little minimalist sandals there. They're like one strap above a flip flop. And uh, she's carrying, you know, the 25 pound pack. We packed pretty light because we were going to move fast. We we're going to do this trail in two days. We we're going to go and camp and hang out and come back. And again, 11 miles shouldn't take me more than half a day. Well, it took us like nine hours going. And uh, we got to the campsite and I was skirting heat exhaustion. I, in, in fact, I kind of went to a dark place. I, uh, got so hot that I took all my clothes off and then I had, was afraid that the people camping around us were going to steal our stuff so I put all our wallets and phones in my fanny pack and then I was afraid pigs were going to attack us so I strapped this big hunting knife on so I'm running around this like beach in front of all these other people camping out and stuff completely naked except for a fanny pack just like covering <laughs> what it has to cover right like the only reason I didn't get arrested and it all felt it all felt Tribal. rational <laughs> not nah, dude it felt right like like nobody's stealing my stuff and i'm not getting eaten by pigs but i'm too hot and i'm not putting any clothes on and i'm right. going to the beach 
And, uh, and, and that was how bad off, you know, we were at the end of this trail. We, I, I was that cooked. Yeah, I think right? I got like that a few times doing math. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was pretty close, right? And we slept for like three or four hours and got up and, and um, at first light started moving out. Because we knew like two days after a super hard workout is when you're so sore you can't move. And uh, we're like, if we stay here for a day, we'll never be able to make it out the next day. And then we had people that were expecting us out. And like, they're going to call the Hawaiian National Guard or whatever and a helicopter in and find me naked in a panty pack <laughs> on the beach. But so You're not going to do that with your group though out there, right? No, this trail? is, um, this was, yeah, it, it'll be voluntary. You know, fanny packs are optional. But um, <laughs> I cut like two sticks to make makeshift trekking poles and, and we hiked out the next day. It took us 10 hours the next day to leave. So it was like you know, 95 degrees, a hundred percent humidity. I've never been that exhausted in my life. Even when I was training to run a marathon, I would be done with my longest day's training session at like four hours into it. Right. Cause I'm not particularly fast, but at this point, like it's nine and 10 hours carrying weight, super slick mud. There's a ledge called crawler's ledge where like, if you, if you screw up, you're dead. You, you're, there's no saving you. They're not going to salvage your body. You're done. And it, and there was four points on the trail before Crawler's Ledge that I was convinced was Crawler's Ledge. So this whole trail was super, super sketchy. And uh, my wife and I, we, we have a kid. He's three. We love him. We spend as much time with him as we can. But before we had a kid, we were this night team. We did everything together. We were always hanging out together. We communi- communicated on everything. What happened to the kid? And we has sort of shifted to divide and conquer mode. You know, she's watching him and I go to the store, I'll go do the work while she can stay and make sure everything's set up. And this trail, she and I did it through these like incredibly difficult conditions and like never once barked at each other, never once like snapped, you know, through the heat, through the like uncomfortable, uh, there was ants crawling all up our legs all the time. There's this guava falls out of trees everywhere. And then the ants, there's like a carpet of ants for like two hours worth of the trail. So if you stop moving, they swarm up your legs and they look like fire ants. Fortunately, they didn't need us, but like, it's still awful just having ants like literally in your pants and up your back and all on your neck and you can't get them off. And even through that, right? Like the heat exhaustion, the, um, uh, wet feet and you know I, I didn't get any blisters I had some great boots and I'll do a plug for Vivo Barefoot their boots were great the the tracker boots but even through that we didn't fight and like I came out with a, a whole new appreciation for the the connection that we have it was like it wasn't so much a reconnection but it was like a recognition of like we've got something special you know it's, it's true when you're at harder times you you're working more together than when it's slow. It's like a restaurant that's busy. You work better and more fluid than you do when it's slow, you know? So I, I can relate with that part of it. So you guys doing your retreat out there, that's what you call it. Um, what are you guys going to do during the retreat? Well, we're going to do some hiking, but we're not going to do that trail. <laughs> that trail was a bit much. So we've got uh, several smaller day hikes we're going to do. We found a surf school that's in front of this awesome bay. Like half of the bay has this slow, heavy waves that come rolling in that even I can catch. And then the other half's completely flat. So you can like surf in and then paddle back out in the flat part. And it's like a conveyor belt of fun. We did some rafting while we were in Virginia. It was yeah. a lot of fun. So. You've got the, um, a couple of the big rivers up there. Yeah, then we were in the gorge at that area. It was well, there, it hadn't rained in twenty eight days, so there wasn't many rapids really that much. But it was just really fun, really fun to be out there with a group of people that I really love and care for. So it was cool. So did you have people that um clearly didn't get along and they sort of fixed something? Or 
you know, we have in any group like that, you're going to have some people who are like, or occasionally one of the guys that can be labeled that uh, my buddy I've known for 25 years and coached with when I was in the anatomy when I was first learning, uh, you know, YB, he knows who he is. <laughs> and there was this point at the end where I had this birthday book, you know, where you look at your birthday and I had some meditation cards that I handed out to people different times with this book. I said, Hey, he's a birthday book. And he said, I'll look at it. And I said, I said, I'll give you a hundred dollars if you read it out loud. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, I don't need the hundred dollars. But he started reading and it was spot on for him. And he had to stop for a minute. And I was like, you don't have to finish. <laughs> and he read it and it was spot on. And then we kind of passed it around and people kind of read it. And so we were, we got to a point to where uh, we let our guards down and shared moments with each other of vulnerability. And that's really cool. When you can, you know, I'm, I almost make a living out of being vulnerable, but if you get other people that start being vulnerable around them, it, you just have so much more respect for them at that point. It just really helps break down those barriers, drop that ego a little bit and do it. And I think that was probably the best thing that came out of the retreat, laying down our egos for a little bit and being vulnerable. So for someone like you to tell me that something was really hard, I got to imagine it was hard. So what was the hardest part of what you did out there in Hawaii? The hardest part of that trail started about a month before we even landed in Kauai. My mother-in-law kept looking at me and saying, you know, if his mom falls off this cliff, your baby will never forgive you. And every time I saw her, you better take care of my baby. You better not let her fall off this cliff. So, of course, this is my wife's, like, first ever backpacking trip. And she decided that she's going to do it in these sandals. She's, she's all into these sandals. And I'm like, you know. I'm going to carry some boots, babe. Why don't you, why don't you bring some boots and just put them on if we need them and you put the sandals back on. So we got to crawler's ledge and we got to this spot and your, your backpack is a little bit wider than you. And the, the ledge sort of slopes towards certain depths. So you lean into the wall a little bit, but your backpack will grab onto the rock because it's not smooth. So if your backpack grabs and you're going forward and you snag up, you've got to rotate towards certain death. And watching my wife in front of me, she handled it deftly. She she proved who the real ninja was, had no problems. But just watching her navigate and knowing what a false step meant, um, me being there and being honest with myself that if she starts to go and I grab her, I might catch her, but we're both going down. Like, right. like just seeing, seeing that there and, and, and my wife, again, she like blew me away. She crushed it, crushed it. It was, a, it was an inspiration to me. Um, you know, I, I couldn't have thought of a better person to do it with, but watching her navigate that part and knowing there was nothing, there's nothing I could do to help her. Not, not that she needed my help right. in any sense. That was the hardest part. So, Tom, tell me about your D-Town Bird Club. It's about time you asked that question. <laughs> we haven't talked about it at all. Now I'm getting ready to have the second meeting here on October 8th at 6 o'clock in Durham at the WeWorks building. You can find us at D-Town Bird Club on Facebook. Uh, the first meeting we had, we did, we do them every two months, the second Tuesday of the month. And the first one was great. I had almost 50 people show up, which was pretty great for a bird club. And we had a lot of younger people and couples coming and a couple of kids come along with the traditional people who've been going to the other bird clubs that I'm in that are a little bit older. And it was a nice mix. I'm hitting this bird club with this 
therapeutic thing. You know, you have you have the Audubon Society, which is a lot about conservation, and you have Chapel Hill Bird Club that's just about people getting together and watching birds and protecting birds. And this one's really about sharing the therapeutic values of bird watching with other people. Is that in like a, a mission statement for this bird club? I've kept too many words out of it. Like we don't have a board, we don't have a president, we don't have a mission or anything like that. So the first one we had the president of the ABA. Jeff Gordon down talking and I talked and we talked about those things. And this next one, what we're doing is like a speed dating thing. It's where everybody will have like five minutes with everybody else with some questions to say, Hey, what do you bird? What got you into it? What do you like? Where do you do it? So that everybody gets to meet everybody, which is one of the, the things that people will say about bird clubs that they didn't get to meet other people. Or it wasn't that welcoming. It was kind of clicky. So we're trying to force our way out of that by, by creating these conversations. The, after that, what my mission is after this one is to start branching into either working with veterans and birding or people who are in retirement homes or just all different types of reasons where people are having some issues, whether it's depression or Alzheimer's or PTSD or whatever it is, and taking the burden. So that's where we're at. Detail Bird Club. Come check it out. So Tom, I hear you've got a special bird of the day for us. No, I do. Um, the bird of the day is the Mockingjay. And that's not really a real bird. It was in the Hunger Games, and in the Hunger Games, it became a symbol for the people to come together against the powers that be. And I don't think we're there yet, but maybe we need to start thinking about what that bird is going to be for us. Man, that's crazy. Today's inspiration actually comes from the Hunger Games as well. It's one of my favorite quotes from author Suzanne Collins. Stupid people are dangerous. Yeah, they are. It's okay to be ignorant. But it's not okay to be willfully ignorant. Educate yourself, improve yourself, drive yourself to be the best version of yourself. Pursue Kaizen. 